Why wait until Friday to start your weekend? Go ahead, start right now. You're thirsty now, and 93.7 The Ticket is here to help you stock up. Just in time for the weekend when I like to hit the clubs. Time to broaden your horizons and try some new wine and beer. It's Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer from Meyer's Cork and Bottle. Oh, there we go. You know those sounds. You know what that means. Oh, you know a few of those sounds. Maybe those other ones are a little different. But it is Thirsty Thursday here on 93.7 The Ticket and on the Block with Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle. One of our favorite segments of the week is Kevin always is bringing in something good for us. What are we looking at today, Kevin? We have a brand new Napa cab to the shop called The Critic. And it is the only Napa cab that we can get that we can sell for under 30 bucks. Um, for some reason, the price of doing business in Napa has increased so much over the last decade. Part of it has to do with land values, probably. Uh, it also has to do with uh, the fires. So they keep having oh, yeah. fires, and so they're getting smaller and smaller harvests. And, uh, and sometimes if your vineyard didn't burn down... Um, it certainly is going to make a smoky product. So uh, they've just become more and more expensive. And it also because Cabernet is king in Napa Valley and, and the the United States best cabs come from Napa. So part of it's prestige, part of it's quality, part of it's scarcity, and part of it's just the, the cost of doing business up there. But uh, this is called the Critic, and it is a, a Napa cab. And... Uh, uh, I'm just a big Cabernet guy. Before the uh, the Russians stole my my Instagram or my Twitter handle, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was big cab guy. Uh, now oh, yeah. I'm big grill uh, guy because uh, you know I couldn't figure out how to recover it. So they changed my password and everything. It just I'm very intrigued nuts. by that. What yeah. is that? What does that? Mean? When did this happen? Uh, it like. Probably two years ago. Oh, okay. But that's how I became big grill guy on Twitter because <laughs> the Russians stole my my. How do you know it's the Russians? Well, I got these these like emails that were like Russian. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and what what happened was so the people that used to host the Myers Cork and Bottle website like got out of the web developing business, and so they just left it wide open. And so I didn't realize, but th so there was an easy access through the back oh. door because um, any contact form submissions filled out on the website go to directly my email. And so they were able to siphon off my email, then siphon off my social media. And and uh, so anyway, that's how I became a <laughs> <laughs> big real guy. Is that the worst thing that happened out of it, though? That's Yeah, yeah. The, okay, nothing well, else yeah, happened, you know, and I don't I even really use it. You know, I just I, I, yeah. I was going to say, did you have a ton of followers? No, no. Oh, See, okay. it's not something that I, I'm. I'm not a big social media guy. Yeah. I, you know, just enough to sort of partake, but I'm not gonna spend time or energy. I'm not gonna get yeah. in Facebook fights or, over politics. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know. I, I'll, I'll use it to to advertise if we have like a sale going on, or like you know, we got a new puppy last weekend, so I put my yeah. puppy on. There you go. So uh, you know, stuff like that, but. Uh, um, anyway, let's give the critic a taste. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting story. Yeah, but yeah, I mean to come full circle. <laughs> I'm still big cab guy. Very good, very good. Is uh, can Strick hear us? Can we hear Strick? I think it's Strick yeah. can hear us. Yeah, there we go. Hey, I'm what's here? what's in the glass, buddy? Hey, listen, I didn't go. Listen, I went traditional, and I I I went as we approach Cinco de Mayo. 
I want a little old school. Oh, there school. you go. A little okay. tequila? We're on an extra little there. Corona, a little oh, Corona. Oh, all right. <laughs> Cerveza Masquina. Listen, I had always, Kevin, I'd always been out of the loop because I've been sipping on wines. I said, you know what? You're bringing the good beers, not the ones that I can drink because I can't afford them because I'm still cheap. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I said, you know what? I'm going to drink a brew today just for Kevin. Cool. All right. Did you put a lime in that bad boy or are you uh, just rocking it neat? Just, just straight neat. All right, just straight neat. Good, good. Oh, that's, you know it's baseball season, baby. It's, you know, yeah, just, you can't yeah. drink a beer on opening brew. day. When can yeah. you drink a beer? Wow, <laughs> Kevin, are you more of a Masters guy or an opening day guy? Uh, I would say I'm more of a Masters guy. Now, I've I've been a lifelong baseball fan. Um, but what's interesting is that back w- so when I was a kid, uh, we did this. Uh, we used to play this game called Stratomatic Baseball. And Stratomatic Baseball was this really complex game that you had cards and you had players, you know, real players and averages, and you rolled the dice and based on whatever you rolled, you'd get a single or a strikeout or whatever yeah, else. That's kind of fun. And, and a, a full regulation game would take as long as a regulation baseball game. <laughs> but I was obsessed with it. I always uh, collected baseball cards. And so I knew every player, every starter, every statistic that you can imagine just off the top of my head I was just obsessed and plus I collected baseball cards well I was so distraught when the strike happened because they ruined my passion uh, oh, yeah. and and so ever since then I've, I've sort of held baseball at sort of an arm's length still love the game but um, I would say I'm, I'm more of a, a golf fan are you now. talking about since 94 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, still you're, you're, I'm still holding a grudge. You yeah. hold that grudge for a <laughs> while. That's impressive. You still <laughs> click cards? No, I, I, I don't uh, collect baseball cards. Did you cards sell anymore. all of them? I, I sold most okay. of them, yeah. <laughs> I, so, do you collect baseball cards? I collect cards? baseball cards. So do I. I have hundreds. I uh, So when I got into it, it was uh, kind of mid-80s, 83, 84, 85. So that was Tony Gwynn, Don Mattingly, um, uh, Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, oh, yeah. Gary Carter, um, and, and, you know, I had some older stuff, too. So I had, like, a Tom Seaver rookie card. I had the uh, the 84 Don Russ set was um, Wade Boggs. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so it was all of those guys. And, and so that's, you know, where my where my passion was. And then when they got older and sort of retired out of the league, I just never followed it at the same level. Yeah. And plus, I got older and didn't have time and, you know, whatnot. Yeah, so. I, I feel like baseball does that to you, at least to some people. Some people can keep going, but everybody seems to have kind of their era where they had more time to follow it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, it was funny because back then, the only baseball you could watch on TV was on TBS. And so oh, it was yeah. great. Oh, interesting. Right. And so, right, right. And, and it was even before the Cubs and WGN came mm. to Lincoln. So, God bless WGN. Yeah, and and so Marquee you, Sports now. I was yeah. like, Braves were my team because that's what you could watch on TV. Yep. So right. you know that was the Necro Brothers, you know the knuckleballers, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. gosh, uh, uh, Bob Horner and and Glenn <laughs> Hubbard and and yeah. Dale Murphy, and and so those were all just my guys at that that at that time. And and then then I became a Mets fan when Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden were rookies. Uh, and you know, Gooden went twenty four and four with like three hundred strikeouts, yeah. and and it was so that just, worked out for you. Yeah, and they won the World Series, so yeah, it was kind of a good time. Th- that's how I became a Cubs fan. Was WGN 
because it was the only thing on TV, oh, yeah. and it was Alfonso Soriano, Carlos Zambrano, Derek Lee, Derek Lee oh, yeah. at first base, Aramis yeah. Ramirez. Yeah, that was a good team. That, that, was, that was very G- good Giovanni team. Soto. <laughs> the <laughs> one-hit wonder yeah. rookie of the year, Just, Giovanni Soto. So that was post, like, Sammy Sosa, Mark yes. Grace days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, I like, see, here's the thing is, is since I'm – Obviously younger. I remember playing as Sammy Sosa on some of the, the MLB games. Oh, yeah. Because he was like the, the tank on those those MLB games and, and things like well, that. Well, Kevin, it sounds like you stuck it out to baseball right before it got good. Right before the home run era with Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and all Well, I, I mean, I was still, again, sort of a casual fan at that point, but just not obsessed like I was when I was a kid. So, um but let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get to what we're drinking again because we're about to. Yeah, so, we're about to at least partake in this. What is what is this again? So this is from Pipeworks out of Chicago, and it's called Peaches and Cream. And uh, <clears throat> I don't typically drink beers like this, but I thought it might be compelling for the radio. And basically, it's a peach ale with vanilla and lactose. Lactose is milk sugars, and so it gives it that sort of creaminess. The vanilla, obviously, you know, so it's meant to taste like a creamsicle, uh, yeah. but it's also mm-hmm. a beer. And uh, comes in at a pretty easy 5.7. Uh, might I think if it got bigger than that, it would end up being too sweet, too syrupy, mm-hmm. kind of gross. But uh, I'm actually enjoying it more than what I thought I would. I think it might be just because I'm more of a beer guy, Kevin, but I don't think you've brought in a beer that I haven't like genuinely enjoyed. This is pretty good. It, it's, it's, the peaches and cream are subtle, very, not I, overwhelming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, um, it's not like dr- drinking a dessert per se. It I still think it tastes like a beer. And- I think it surprised me in that way because when I first took the drink, I was thinking, okay, so this has got some, you know, it got some fruit flavors to it, but it's, it's, it is very subtle. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. So yeah, uh, Pipeworks out of Chicago, really peaches and cream and, uh, comes in a 16 ounce can and, uh, pretty darn good stuff. Yeah. What did you say? Uh, what's the price for that for a six pack? You said uh, they come in four packs. Oh, four packs. And okay. uh, I want to say they're probably around, you know, 12, 14 bucks uh, for a four pack. That sounds expensive, but that's craft beer these days. Yeah. Now, yeah. what's your decision making, Kevin, when you're looking at beers? Do you find them online? Do you look on Facebook pages? Like, how do you go through the process of finding a peaches and cream? Okay, I want to put this in the store. I pay Joe to do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe Delp, our, our GM, um, uh-huh. he is uh, does a really good job of staying on top of okay. what's popular, what's new, what's available, what's different. Um, and uh, it's I, it makes my head spin. And and so it's one of those things that we at any given time we'll carry five or six hundred different varieties of beer. Oh my gosh! And uh, and then they're changing every week. It's never the same store twice. That's awesome. And uh, That's and so cool. uh, it it just sort of like I said, it it makes my head spin. With wine, we carry a thousand different wines, but they don't change every week. You know, um, you know we'll carry. Uh, a brand, say, as an example, like Charles Krug. It's the oldest estate in Napa Valley, founded by the Mandavi brothers. They learned to make wine from him when he was, when they were young boys, uh, and learned to make wine from Charles Krug. They ended up in a fist fight one day, and uh, and so Robert Mandavi quit and and went on to become the world's most famous winemaker. And his Jeez. brother Peter stayed put at Charles Krug, and now his sons and grandsons own and operate it. So that's a wine that we've carried every story. year for that's twenty wild. something years. Good story, and it's different every year. But it's still the same brand. It's still the same wine. Uh, it's just, you know, you're not making Coca-Cola. Mother Nature gives you different ingredients every year. And so you can change the wines can change without actually changing, uh, if that makes any sense. Beers are another ball game. 
if you're a brewery and you're not making a different beer every month, no one wants to try your stuff. Hmm. And so wow. uh, it's it's you know so when you ask how do you decide what beers you know to go after and and you know I like I said I pay someone to yeah. do it for me. <laughs> Have you ever had a Myers uh, cork and bottle or whatever you would call it your own brew? That you've tried? In fact, we did. We did a collaboration with White Elm here um, oh, nice. a couple of springs ago nice. to collaborate with uh, Lincoln Beer Week. And um, it was uh, Myers Cork and Bottle, and we called it a New Zealand Pale Ale. And the, and the reason we did that was because, well, the concept was if you were to take a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, they're very grapefruity. They have a high concentration of a chemical compound called pyrazine. And pyrazine is the same compound found in grapefruits, so they taste like grapefruits. Mm. And if you were to take a, a pale ale, like a New England pale ale, and give it those attributes, what would that taste like? Because grapefruit and IPAs, you know, that hoppiness actually kind of tastes on some of that grapefruity taste uh, and that bitterness and that tartness and whatnot. So the concept was, if you were to marry those, what would that taste like? So we called it a New Zealand pale ale, and it was our own beer. Okay. <laughs> and we made one batch of it, and uh, it was great. Do you yeah. still have some? No, no, no. It, okay. uh, yeah, it's one of those things you got to drink it fresh. Oh, so. I, I didn't know if you kept it as like a, mem- a memorable. No, we still have the or... recipe. We could go back and recreate oh, okay. it any time we want. But cool. uh, so, Kevin. Yeah. I got I got a question. So, I know you're, you know, wine Simon J Blanc on the, whatever the beautiful <laughs> word is. Uh, Som- Somalier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. Okay. That word. You're also very good with brews, but I got a question. Okay. Are you? Are you a whiskey or brandy when you're just like sitting around, maybe having a cigar, sitting with your fellas? Do you do anything outside of the wine spectrum or the or the brew spectrum? Surprisingly, not. Um, wow. I'm I'm not a, a liquor guy. I've never really developed much of a taste for it. Generally, if I drink yeah. whiskey, I'm mixing it with Coke, uh, which yeah. is sacrilege if you're drinking a good whiskey. And I understand that, but. Uh, <laughs> It's probably a good thing, Strick, because I don't need any more bad habits. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I uh, I gave up tobacco when I turned 40 just because I needed to. And uh, and so so now no, no cigars, very, no, very no. little hard alcohol. I do like to sip on a good tequila, though. Okay. Um, I uh, my my wife and I are scuba divers. And, and so we've dived, uh, I think, seven countries around the Caribbean and 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 so I've I've sort of liked to learn more about tequila and rums cuz that's where they're made. And so mm-hmm. I visited a tequila Rio one time and went through the whole process of of how they make it and they you know they start with the uh the agave plants and they chop the all the leaves off and mm-hmm. so it ends up with what they call the piña which is like it's the word for pineapple and that's what it looks like. And then they bake it and then this the, the essentially the honey that comes out of it is called agave nectar and they they originally ferment it into basically an agave wine, and then they distill that, and that becomes tequila into the liquor, and then it puts they put it in the barrels. Um, and so you have like your your silver or your plata, which is doesn't see any time in the oak, so that's why it's clear. And then you mm-hmm. you have like a reposado, which is rested or reposed in the barrels, usually up to six months to a year. And then the añejo, which is usually yeah. two years plus, mm-hmm. and so those start to look really golden. But the idea is yeah. the longer they sit in the barrel, the smoother they get. And the guy taught yes. me how to taste them, and it was a game changer. And so that I do like to play around with here and there. But at yeah. the same time, um, I'm mostly just a you know a w- one beer bob and then uh, switch to red wine. Unless I'm on the golf course, then I'll have a handful. <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to be honest. That, what you just said is absolutely phenomenal because 
people would love tequila here and they drink Don Julio and they drink all these different Casamigos and all these. And I, I just couldn't get it, but I went to Mexico and I'm in one of those tequila shops and they're trying to get me to take a shot. And I'm like, no, no. Cause I'm thinking Don Julio. I'm thinking, you know, right. That, right. that taste that puts hair on your chest. Right. Right. And I actually took that, that shot and I couldn't believe what you, like what you said. I think it was an Añejo. Yeah. It was so smooth. I brought six to eight bottles of those back home. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I the, couldn't believe it. The, so you're you're right. The trick that the guy taught me is like when you take a sip and you and then you swallow it and breathe in through your nose and exhale out through your mouth. And what that does, it blows the alcohol vapors out. And so you don't get the burn. And and mm. so um so not only are you uh tasting a smoother product anyway you're sort of ridding your mouth of the burn and then you start to taste the sweetness of the agave and it, you know, it almost is kind of honeyish, and you get those melon flavors and it's just, it's a game changer for me, but uh, it's not like I will sit around and drink tequila, but if there's a good one around, I'll, I'll have some sips on it. Kevin, is it true that the bars, like say you go to any dive bar, the tequila that they sell you is actually vo- like vodka flavored tequila. That's what I've been told. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think so. Okay. I, there's enough cheap tequila that you don't. No one needs to try to worry about doing that. Okay. You know, that the the worst part is is that like if I drink like a really cheap tequila, I get like hives. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. So the skin gets all blotchy, and I look like oh. you know, like what the heck's wrong with that guy? You know, and, <laughs> and so I always have to make sure that I'm you know drinking something of at least decent quality. That you know, you if you're drink drinking Patron, yeah, or well, I mean, even even like Cuervo is fine. But you, oh, know, okay. but you get oh, yeah. you get some of those really bottom <laughs> really of really sketchy ones. Yeah, that they look like urine. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. The Don Pepe, that one's a pretty cheap. That, one. that could be. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had like, my fair share of cheap tequila. Trust Don me. Pepe. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's like, I've never, I'm not doing one of those for another 30 years. Yeah. Well, you know, a very wise man once told me, drink twice as good and half as much and mm. you'll have a happy life. There and, you go. And That's so interesting. I've, I've tried to uh, adhere to that. What do we, uh, before we, we take break, because we're up against it, unfortunately, remind us what we, what we had today. Uh, so we had the Critic Napa Valley Cabernet on sale at our spring wine sale for 25 bucks, twenty four ninety nine. The only Napa cab in the store that's under 30 these days. Nice. And Pipeworks Peaches and Cream. So we did start the spring wine sale today. It goes for two and a half weeks. Easter's next weekend. If you need some Easter wine, come see us. We'll take good care of you. There you, there you heard it. Spring wine sale going on right now at Myers Cork and Bottle. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with uh, your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings here as it is time for Shootout with Strick. Give us a call right now, 402-464-5685. First one in line will get a chance in today's category is opening day. So if you're a baseball fan out there, or even if you're not, it doesn't really matter. You you can you can get the questions. They're, they're either or. Uh, but give us a call. 402-464-5685. Shootout with Strick is next on the block. <laughs> 